Hello, everyone, and welcome, welcome, welcome to All Things Undone podcast, where we talk about life after divorce and how to move forward successfully. I am your lovely host, Granny She Is, and I am joined by my now permanent co-host, yay, Jonathan Hopkins. Welcome, Jonathan. (laughs) Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Awesome, awesome. Look, y'all, tonight we have an awesome topic for you guys. People have been chiming in in the chat already. Jonathan actually popped it over to a different group and asked them in the chat, and everybody was quite excited about this question. And it was, what percentage of marriages do you think people settle in their marriages? What percentage of married people do you think settled for their mate? So that is what we're talking about tonight. Will you marry for convenience over love? And let's check out some of these comments right quick before we get it off the screen. They said, okay, here are the comments. Most, 75%, most, wait, 75%, then 90% because most of the time it's not the one you want, but it's the one you need. Wow. Mm, 87%. Sounds like medicine. Right. Sounds, <laughs> sounds like, like medicine. medicine. Right. Right. But here's the thing. What was that? Uh, it's, it's good for you. It may not taste good to you, but it's good mm-hmm. for you. Mm-hmm. And then you had Mary Poppins and what she came along and said, a spoonful of sugar makes the medicine go down. In the mm. most delightful way. <laughs> so that's what we're talking about she tonight. She was a now, salesman. What'd you say? She was a saleswoman. <laughs> she was a saleswoman. That's right. A spoonful of sugar makes the medicine go down in the most delightful way. Do y'all not remember that movie? Mary Poppins. Mary Poppins. Yeah. Love Mary Poppins. Look, before we get started, a few announcements. Please like, share, comment join in the conversation tonight because we got a lot to discuss um welcome jonathan we're going to tag off all of his information too just in case you all need any information regarding real estate life insurance building estates how to get your life in order how to get your financial financial life in order we got to circle back to that show too but tonight we are discussing settling would you settle have you settled and i'm gonna tell you what brought this conversation on jonathan and this is what brought this conversation on so yesterday my daughter my oldest daughter and i were having a conversation and i was telling her about a friend girl that i have that has been married for mm, close to 40 years maybe a little bit more but she has the type of husband that is a perpetual cheater like he always keeps a side piece and she knows this because you know a time or two he slipped up and had outside children during the course of the marriage right and really? she's complained. She's complained about it. She's complained to him about it. And she always throws it in his face how, you know, yeah, you got that baby on me and blah, 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 blah. But here's the thing. He provides for her. She has a very mm-hmm. good life. She has a beautiful house. She has whatever vehicle she wants. If she doesn't want to clean her house, he pays someone to clean her house. OK, like so literally she has everything she needs. She's comfortable and she's secure. The one thing she doesn't have is a faithful spouse, but she has a spouse Mm. that takes care of her. So finally, it came down to us saying, our friend group saying to her, you haven't left this man. You're still there. So you're enjoying the trappings of the life that he provides for you. Stop complaining. Stop complaining. I mean, you're not leaving him, obviously. You enjoy the security and the comfort that this life affords you. Now, did she settle? 
Mm-hmm. In my opinion, it may have started off as love, but she most definitely settled because she's okay. accepting a behavior that she complains about, yet she tolerates it because of the benefits that life affords her. That is what brought this conversation up. And of course, we had to find us some backup information, okay. right? So we came up with a study that was conducted in 2013 by, uh, let me pull my resources up. Let me pull my resources up. Oh, okay. <laughs> It was yeah. conducted by Siemens Festival Nights. And I know okay. not Siemens is the name of the company. I'm going to say Simon, but it's spelled <laughs> Simon Festival Nights. They conducted a study. And as many as 73% of people surveyed say that they are simply making do in their relationship mm-hmm. because their true love got away. 75%. Wow. So what do you think about that, Jonathan? That's pretty high. That's, that's pretty high. <laughs> you know, I'm gonna slide back to the to to the the lady who had mm-hmm. a, you know had a, a husband that was out there sowing this wild oats. Right. Um. Sound like our family told us an old song that we once heard that is you know is better to have a piece of man <laughs> than no uh-huh. man at all. You know. <laughs> right. So so I mean. So we're going to have to dive into family and their uh, their advice based on their experiences and what they want for you. And, you know, maybe it was good enough for Granny and them, but well, mm-hmm. not you, Granny, but oh, no, Grandma and them. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> but uh, maybe it's not right for you. So mm-hmm. different strokes That's what for different I'm thinking. Let's, let's see. Let's see here. Um I'm trying to I'm trying to get in it in in the in the chat thing here. All right, so there we go. Yeah, I just lost my train of thought. We're we're looking at the uh, at the resources. Yeah, pop that up, Wayne. Put that that graphic up. Uh, it's with the one the um from Inquisit Inquisitive magazine. I think is is what it is. Here it is. So here's the study I was talking about. Folks who can say they marry the love of their life without any doubt are in the vast minority. So according to a new study conducted by now, is that Simons? No, that's Siemens. Okay, that's I, I was right. Siemens <laughs> Festivals mm-hmm. Night. As many as 73% of people surveyed said that they are simply making do in their relationship because their true love got away. So here's the thing. Who is willing to admit that? I think one girl did, one young lady did. Mm-hmm. And uh, what's the name of that group? That Facebook group? Oh, that's knowledge. That's my that's my that's my family group right there. So who started that? Yeah, Miss Anita. You know, so it's it's the Run Your Mouth group. And uh, yeah, you, it gets spicy mouth. over there. So shout out, <laughs> shout out to the knowledge crew over there. Run your mouth. Run your the, mouth. Yep. And the Run yep. Your Mouth Queen, Miss Anita, aka hey, Rachel. Yeah, and that lady said, "I love her comment." She was like, she thinks that that number is high of how many people settle. She was, what did she say? Most, she thinks most people settle Uh is what she said. And she said, the reason she thinks that is because she said, it's a fact. And I'm in that number. And I'm sure he feels the same, although he won't admit it. Although he wanted you, you he won't admit it. So I think it's a lot of people like that. Because why? Why would you admit that? Yeah, that's a sticky question. You know, it's mm-hmm. like um, 
you know, do you have intestinal fortitude to say, you know, you won my first pick, but yeah, I, you know, right. you're the consolation prize, you know. Right. Uh, you know, I, I really wanted your sister, <laughs> but uh, or something, or right? somebody, you know, something or that sister or. So, oh, goodness. So listen, this guy, what's this website I'm on? Um, let's see the name of his website. It's called MMO Champion. And he said he's jaded when it comes to relationships. And this is, I want to read what he said. He was like, so most of you already know, and here's the actual study, 75 to 70, 73 to 75% of married couples settle. They just, they just do. It just, wow. it, you find somebody that you get along with, that meets you, your needs, you meet their needs and you say, hey, this works. Let's hook this thing together and, and make mm. it work. So this is what this one guy said. And we were talking about this right before the show, but before I get ahead of myself. He said, hey, champs, so most of you already know that my view towards relationships is a bit jaded. I think uh, there, he's talking about young people, too costly at a young age. He thinks relationships are too costly at a young age and just a bad option compared to cruising for poon. I don't use the word poon, but this is what he says. He says, wow. however, he does like talking to relationship advocates on here and gain insight on their perspective, even Though he thinks at times people marrying is not a naive decision to make because we don't know each other well enough to say, hey, yeah, let me marry this person. Question of the night. OK, that's our question. What percentage of married people settled for their mate? Please chime in the chat. So he goes on to say. After that study, 75 percent, he says he's ready. He rests his case. Why on earth would people just settle? Isn't the idea that you're that you'll find someone that's right for you? Isn't that the idea? He said, I yeah. wouldn't want to be in a relationship where I'm the bronze medal. Ooh, Why would anyone that's else? Question. That's a good question. That's a good question. <laughs> that's a good question. So I'm going to hook this a little bit further. Mm -hmm. Do you think we start out? as the bronze medal or as time goes on we become bronze it's i think it depends um mm -hmm. i can say for people myself grow apart? people grow apart I, I i definitely mine definitely started out as love no doubt about it now here's the thing now that i hindsight is 2020 right now that i look back on it i grew up in um what they used to call them, housing development. We called it the projects. The PJ, I, I used to hang yeah. out over there with y'all. So, yeah, yeah. I, I grew up and it was Carver Heights. We called it the old project. Mm -hmm. And yep. I lived in the old projects up until I was about 14. We moved to Union Street for a little while. And then my mama bought a yep. house in Brignall. Now, for those of you not familiar with Brookhaven, Mississippi, Brignall is indeed the hood. It is the hoodiest of hoods. Like, I, <laughs> It's a rough neighborhood. Uh, is what it was. And so it's on the outskirts uh, of, of Brickhaven. It, it was uh, on the outskirts of Brickhaven. Mm -hmm. And it was a black community and it wasn't very well policed and crime was high. And mm -hmm. um, we were introduced to a whole lot of things that we probably shouldn't have been introduced to at, at such a young age. But long story short, when I met my then boyfriend, he was nothing like any other guys in my neighborhood. He wasn't, his pants weren't sagging. He wasn't on the corner. He wasn't selling drugs. He wasn't running a bunch of girls. Like he, he was just different. And um, for all intents and purposes, he's what we call a church boy. Mm -hmm. You know, he had a good job. He tucked his shirt in his pants. He was well spoken. I was like, oh yeah, he the one. 
check uh, check Tamara's check Tamara Nicole check her uh her comment out. Okay, Tamara Tam Nicole. Thank you, Tamara. I know I settled and I paid for it in the long run. We don't think you can even get who, what you want. Settling can happen. Very true. Thank you for that. Because most people don't believe in the concept of a soulmate. They don't believe in the concept of I'm going to find this one true love. And then I'm going to immediately fall in love. And, and then that's going to be our story. Dwayne says, this going to be one, this going to be one many people won't public it publicly admit, but probably say it daily when in an unhappy marriage. Ooh. Mm. Yeah, mm. probably. I barely, what is that? Remember, um, he said it on uh, Bebe's Kids. I wear my, my wedding ring on the wrong finger because I married the wrong woman. <laughs> <laughs> Do y'all remember that? Hey, you know, that, that's true, but people, people are not going to, woe is right. People may mm -hmm. not admit it publicly, but they'll yeah. definitely admit how many people picked the wrong baby mama, baby daddy, and then the and then the numbers climb. You'll you'll hear a lot <laughs> from that, but uh, <laughs> it's it's gonna be it's it's gonna be a little quiet on someone publicly. The the mm -hmm. strong hearted people will say, you know, people who like are, the young lady uh, just posted, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like yeah. I married her the wrong That's her it happens every a lot of people settle. I mean, I didn't think at the time I was settling because he checked off a lot of boxes. He was tall, he had a good job, he had good credit, you know, he wasn't the kind to be running the streets. And I genuinely liked him. Was it a love at first sight thing? Absolutely not. Did he have to grow on me? Yes, he did. But looking at the options I had at the time, he was a gold medal, you know. And so that's what I based it on. But here's the thing. I was so young. I didn't have enough lived experience to see what else was out there. All I had was what I grew up with. And then this guy. Mm -hmm. Like that's that's mm -hmm. the limit of my options. And then because we didn't have social media, we were relegated to our demographic. Mm. So right? I'm going to hit you with this one. Uh huh. You're right. Because see, you you were in a place. And you were ready to grow. I need a cigarette. Hell. <laughs> yeah, have it. you one uh <laughs> so yeah use the ones who said publicly i've gotten out of that bad marriage are on the way out mm -hmm. so there are possibly a percentage mm -hmm. of people who get into relationships when they are already maybe at their mental lowest you know maybe depression and that person becomes sort of a drug for them for a while. You know, it's, mm. it's, a, it's a way to feel good mm. until it's not. Ooh. And then you realize, you wake up and realize, yeah, I got hit with the okie doke. Oh, my goodness. Are we, hitting, are, we, are we hitting on codependency, the drug of America? Mm, I think so. <laughs> Let's talk so, about yeah. it. I think that's, and we grew up on codependency. So mm -hmm. I can even remember being in high school where it was unpopular to not have a boyfriend. Now mm -hmm. I know it's shallow, and we're that's that's a long way back, but we kind of carry that mentality into adulthood too. That yeah. I must have somebody. It, like you said, our grandparents and parents said it, it's better to have a piece of man piece than of no man. man at all. It's mm -hmm. better to have a piece of woman than no woman mm -hmm. at all. Now, of course, right. we've grown and we know that, hey, you know what? Let me just 
let me work on me. Let me be by myself because a, a piece of man just ain't going to, it's just, it's just, it won't do for me. But yeah, it's the codependency. I think that's right. why a lot of people settle is because they're getting something, they're getting a need met. That's right. You know, it doesn't necessarily mean you love that person, but y'all get along. It's cool enough. I had this conversation with my professor back when I was getting my bachelor's degree. And he said, over time in a marriage, over time, you um, you settle and it, and it becomes you're together because of the economy. First of all, let's be honest. Let's mm -hmm. be honest. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it does take both of you together, bringing in this income together to live the lifestyle that you want. And even if you're not at the height of romanticism in your marriage and in your life, you settle. You love that person. You do. But at the end of the day, we check off these boxes for each other because I can take care of you in X, Y, and Z way, and you can take care of me. Tamara, okay, I did that. Married with low self-esteem and over 400 pounds. As I lost weight, I saw him change under the expectation I was changing. The reality, I did change, but it showed me I was an easy mark for him. Meanwhile, I was happy to be chosen. Oh, my goodness. I love this. You see what happened here? Her self-esteem mm -hmm. was low. She was 400 pounds. And when she started to lose weight, she her attitude began to change because guess what? She was feeling much better about herself, not just mm -hmm. physically working mm -hmm. out. It does something chemically mm -hmm. in your mind. It just really mm -hmm. makes you feel confident. It makes you feel sure about yourself. You can those endorphins. Those are called endorphins. Right. And mm -hmm. you feel so amazing. And you love yourself. And the changes you see in the mirror when you're losing weight and uh and, and getting toned. I just ran across Google, did that thing, Google Pics, uh, where they say, look at you over the years. And mm -hmm. I started my fitness journey in 2015. 2015, 20. 16, 2017, the changes in my body, amazing. Now, COVID hit in 2019, so I have literally mm -hmm. dropped some of that toned body. But I'm like, oh my goodness, I could see in the progression of those pictures, I was feeling amazing about me. Mm -hmm. You know, so um, that changes the dynamic of your relationship when it is based in codependency, because when you when your needs start changing for yourself, of course, naturally you're going to move different with your partner because now you're pouring into yourself a little bit more and a little less into them. It doesn't mean you love them any less. And if you both were balanced, interdependent, it wouldn't be a, a threat, right? But because mm -hmm. there's codependency, if you take a certain amount of attention off of attention off of your partner, they may automatically assume negative things. The worst, uh, you're cheating on me. Why? Why mm -hmm. are you at the gym all the time? Why are you changing your eating? Who you're changing for? Who you looking good for? Why are you putting that makeup mm -hmm. on? Or if it's a guy, wait a minute. Why are you wearing that medium? Where are you going? You don't usually wear on put on cologne. Why do you have on cologne today? Mm -hmm. It's because our insecurities start talking to us. We're not balanced. We're out of sync with one another. It's manipulation too. It's, it's 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 um I have you the way I want you, and mm -hmm. I don't want anyone else to see you differently because right. you know because uh, you're right. It's it's uh the fear of loss. Oh wow, he said those very things. <laughs> you know how I know because I lived it. Hold on, I gotta just 
Okay, I had to adjust my chair. I was sitting a little bit too low. But you go through that because your partner doesn't understand that you're not changing as a way to get away from them. You're you're trying to become better for yourself. So in turn, you could be a better partner for your person. But I had to learn, and it's so heartbreaking. Sometimes your partner is really comfortable where they are. And they expect you to remain just as comfortable in that same space. We're all allowed to grow, but in codependency, growth is not allowed because you are threatening the stability of what we have now. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when you change it up, you get to switching it up. They say, you know, you switched up on me. No, I didn't. I was becoming a better version of me because that's what growth is. That's what happens yep. when you grow. You got to grow beyond codependency. We don't even realize we're being codependent one of one of the other to each other because it's so normal. Mm. It's just ingrained in our lives. Now, for the couples who, um, for the couples who are in love, and and we see those couples, we've seen those couples before, and they have really mastered that balance in their relationship, right? They've mastered the balance. They've mastered the communication, and it's not always um, roses for them, but they they managed to work it out. Um, so. I'm going to switch gears for just a minute, unless you have okay. something to add to that. Uh, I, go ahead. I, I um, it's, it's so much I want to say when it comes to that. It's it's uh, growth is. Well, I heard this from an old man a long time ago. He said, um, "If you came upon, if you're in the woods and you were thirsty and you saw stagnant water, would you drink it?" Right. Probably not. He said no. He said, you know, it's full of bacteria and everything. There's, there's no life in stagnant mm-hmm. water. Mm-hmm. Water has to be moving. That's what life is. It's about growth. So mm-hmm. when you're stagnant, you're dying. When you're when you're growing, you feel more alive. You challenge yourself. Mm-hmm. You challenge people around you, and you, that's when you feel most alive. And I really took that. It's a meaning, um, and I can't believe that you know that, that old man told me told me something good that I actually kept, you know, in my heart of hearts all these years, and he was right. He was yeah, that's right. Life lesson. Think about it. Standing water stinks. Mm-hmm. It stinks. I know. Uh, we used to have across the street from our house where I used to live in the time before. It would rain really, really bad, and it would come like become a muddy, muddy puddle, and it would take a few days for that to dry up. But as that muddy water s- stood there, the smell was horrendous. It stinks so bad. I was like, oh, I can't wait for that to dry up. It smells horrible because that's what standing water does, and that's what happens to our relationships when we don't allow one another to grow. It becomes stagnant. It becomes stinky. It becomes toxic. It becomes all those things. Well, here's my question tonight. And it was, would you marry for convenience over love? Thank you. Stagnant water breeds disease. Would you marry for convenience over love? And the reason I'm asking is because um, some couples couples decide that that's exactly what it's going to be. We're going to marry for Convenience. I started watching this show last night as I was doing my research called um, Age Gap Millionaire. Mm. Apparently, there's only two episodes out and the first episode aired like three months ago. And um, 
and the question at the intro was was actually this are they marrying for love or is this for convenience wayne do you have that clip i sent you um it is an intro clip of um that show age gap millionaire and i'm i'm i'm, I'm gonna tell y'all where i'm going with this after we watch this uh this snippet i can tell you now what Go ahead. He owns item of clothes older than me. Particularly with super rich entrepreneurs. I went from being not exactly cash poor, but to having 1.5 billion. I had five Ferraris. I used to have one for the summer and one for the winter. But age-defying romance when you're a multi-millionaire has its highs on, and its lows. <laughs> I quit. She's supposed to be the gold digger. <laughs> you know, the, the stereotypical young girl with the old man. I have plenty of small bags, baby, but I don't have an overnight bag. In this program, we meet the super-rich couples who are decades apart, each facing their own obstacles. Mm. Being a dad again at 61 is challenging. And the millionaire who is still searching for her toy boy, Mr. Wright. Oh, he looks cute. I am concerned sometimes that they're after my money rather than my body. The question is, does money or love conquer all? For richer or for poorer? For richer or richer. Y'all, I sat up to midnight watching. It's only two two episodes out for this. Wow. But here's the thing. Would you, if, in this hypothetical, if money was on the table in the case of these people, mm-hmm. would you marry for convenience if you knew all your needs were going to be taken care of? They were going to be met. You're going to be taken care of. You have nothing to worry about money-wise. Would you consider it? Well, mm, I marry Oprah. Let's see. <laughs> <laughs> you would marry Gail. Oprah. You no, would marry Gail? No, no. I, 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 no, there's no price tag on me. You don't think? I'd rather, go get it. <laughs> I'd rather go get it in life than have it handed to me. Well, here's the that's thing. Just, that's just me, though. I, other folks might feel different. I like the thrill, the challenge of a cheating. Right. There's no better drug. There's no better drug for me. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, a choice. I think all the couples in this particular episode were looking for love, except for okay, no, thank you, except for <laughs> the the woman, the woman in the clip. <laughs> had you asked me years ago, I would have said I would marry for convenience. Now I'm going to say, damn, Skippy, let me get Tyler Perry. <laughs> Right? Yolanda Freeman said no, she would not marry for a convenience. Now, the young, the woman, I'm saying young lady, the woman in that particular episode who said, oh, that he looks like he'd be a nice boy toy. That lady is 72 years old. She's a millionaire. She started like a consulting firm uh, or something, a recruiting company in the UK. And it netted her millions and millions of dollars. She's a multimillionaire. And she is single and she's looking for love. However, she dates men 40 years her junior. 
40 years her junior. She's 72. <laughs> so she keeps herself up. She does. She says she doesn't do plastic surgery, but she does all the natural things to, you know, try to be as youthful as possible. And she's not necessarily, she said love would be nice, but if she could find a companion, because she already knows it's not going to be a lot of young men because they don't have enough lived experience to be on her level financially. She knows that. So she's willing to settle for a younger guy in their thirties, right? Somebody in their thirties. that's in their thirties that's willing to commit to her. They don't get right? old with a heart attack. She <laughs> what you say? They gonna give that old woman a heart attack. <laughs> Let me tell you something. It would have to be like a Christian Grey kind of setup for me. Like you'd have to have, we'd have to sign the contract, and I'd have to know like right up front what it is, what it's not, what we're doing, you know, and all of that. Now, if I get to the point where I'm that rich and my heart becomes that cold, I will be that bitch writing that contract out for that person, and he will have to sign an NDA and it will disclose what he can and cannot have in said relationship. So I'm not gonna say that <laughs> marrying for convenience is off the table for me. <laughs> All right. So Tamara says, I'm admittedly still jaded from my own marriage. So I guess I'm operating under, let me get him invested in my business and pay off some bills. But seriously, I really want to be loved properly, deeply and adored. My hustle is such that I will be set financially on my own. I love that. I resonate with that. I, I would really want to be loved properly, deeply and adored. Right. Completely. Mm -hmm. And Corey Bryce, hey Corey, he adds, love is the most powerful oh, force in the universe. It is. It's the it's the highest vibration on earth. And if you put love out, you're going to receive that. If you give love, that is what you're going to get back. Uh, and oh my goodness, what's that old hymn? Press down, shaking, shaking together. Press down, shaking together, and running you know, over. That's what love affords you. That's what it will bring back to you. So that's what you have to continue to put out into the universe. Um, this one particular guy, and I didn't catch a clip of him. His name is Sir Benjamin. He is a multimillionaire in somewhere in the UK. And he's 70 something years old. And he's never had an heir and he's never been married. But he had his sperm frozen and he's now looking for a wife. He has stipulations. She must be in her 30s. She must be in her 30s. Uh, able to bear children. He wants two male heirs. He's frozen his sperm already. And he has the money to, you know, I guess to separate out to make sure it's a boy that he, that he gets. He has some stipulations too. His thing is, although I'm a multimillionaire, I need a woman who is financially stable to enter into this investment with me. He literally called it that, an investment. Mm. Okay. Yeah, it is so much we could discuss on this because what about coming out up front and saying, this is what I want. And is and if you're cool with what I want and you're you're down with it, maybe it can develop into something. But at this point, this man needs an heir because he mm -hmm. said, of course, he knows he doesn't have a lot of years left and he wants to leave his estate to his children, of which he didn't have any. So mm -hmm. yeah. he yeah. went to one of those multi what they call a million million dollar matchmakers. Oh wow! A million dollar matchmaker, a millionaire matchmaker, to start matching him to these women, and because you know, of the amount of money that man has, I'm sure he's not going to have a problem finding someone to birth him a child. Oh, he's going to have a plethora, of <laughs> you know, because uh, I mean, love language for mm -hmm. a lot of 
oh, I'm gonna get banged over the head for this. So, when it comes to women, mm-hmm. one of the love languages for a woman is security, right? Right. Mm-hmm. So, take being taken care of, especially in society. So, that's what money does. And so, even though they people may not click, they may not click on other terms. A woman will settle for being taken care of financially because uh-huh. that is one of that's one of the that, that is one of her love languages. When you got money like that for a long <laughs> why, why you take that money like that and are that far along in life they treat people like they're at a builder bear center yep because they have the money to afford it you know it's, it's, I can build <laughs> I can build them faster I can just I can pull build them up them. you know I had put something on my Instagram story earlier and traditionally, and this is the part of tradition that I like about courting, about uh, that I like about uh, old school traditional dating and courting and the traditional part of marriage where if you can afford to be in a relationship where a woman is allowed to be in her feminine soft era as a woman and her husband is able to take care of her to the capacity that would that would have her stay at home. Now, if she wants to go work, fine. And this is an age old discussion, but society has taught us that we should all be hustlers. Uh, femininity, feminism, well, how do you say that? Feminism, mm-hmm. feminism has said that we can do anything a man can do. We can do anything a man can do, right? But at the end of the day, do you want to? Mm. Do you want to do you honestly want to be taken care of or do you want to hustle? Vivian says, have you heard the saying first marriage, marry for love, second marriage, marry for money? Um, mm. I have never heard that. I've heard that before. I've heard that before. Oh, OK. I've heard no, that I didn't. Yeah. The first one, uh, I definitely married for, for love. There were some benefits there, but it was truly a love situation. Someone said your first love is to teach you a lesson. Your second love. I forget what that one is. And then your third love is like, that's the main one. Like if you can get to number three, I don't know. Some people hit it on the head the first time. Boom. You got Man. it. You, you got it. You find that person. It's a beautiful thing. Y'all are. Like, um, Denzel and. Uh, Denzel and Pauletta Washington. Mm-hmm. Right. We love it. Barack and Michelle Obama. <laughs> you know, See? that's what we think about. Right. That's what we think about when we think about it. And Angela Bassett. I don't know her husband's name. Uh, Courtney um, B. Vance. Courtney, Courtney B. Vance. I heard it, but I'm still looking for love. Who is that? I, me too. Hold on. Let me get my thing back up. Because on my end, it, it for some reason, it doesn't show my comments like talking about it. Yeah, it's not showing. It's just showing your Facebook user right now. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I'm sorry. I don't know who's, who said it, but um, I agree for that. I think, I think for it's love. love. Okay, mm-hmm. okay t- Tamara, I do, I can, and I am very much my best boyfriend, but I'm ready to be spoiled, adored, admired, able to be soft and relaxed. My second marriage will be first. Could you explain your second marriage will be first? Like elaborate on that. Like, what do you mean by that? And so while she's typing, I agree with that. I want to be able to be soft. I do. I want to be taken care of. I'd be lying if I said I didn't as a woman. I'm not one of those women that say, I don't need a man. Right. Let me tell you something. The other day, I was trying to get a plate out, out the top cabinet. 
in my kitchen. I am five foot two. Exactly. You were a little bitty something. I know. And I could not <laughs> couldn't find my stepladder for nothing in the world. Oh, yeah, it's time for break. Let me tell this and we're going to go to break. I couldn't find okay. that stepladder for nothing in the world. So I, I took a spatula, right? And I'm trying to scoop the plate and make sure it doesn't break because I can't get And I was like, See, this is when I miss having someone taller than me get my things for me. It's little things. It's the things you don't think about. Like when your door jam breaks and you have to get the screwdriver and shit yourself to fix that. Mm -hmm. I don't want to do that. I want you my man to do it. I get a do-over. The first marriage doesn't count. Hell, no mercy. <laughs> no mercy. <laughs> get a do-over, Tamara. Get a do-over. <laughs> You're five two in heels, Brandon? No, no, I'm five. Believe it or not, I wear very tall heels. In heels, I'm more like what? five six, five seven. Wow, you get this because we do. You know, we got to do the five six inch heels. Come on now, four inches. Four inches is the lowest. I am. I'm like Prince. I need listen. I need tall heels. You need All a right. lift. Anyway, right, we're, we're going right? to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. And as you can see, the lineup of shows, we want to make an announcement. Cocktails and Connections uh, networking event is going to be hosted by the I Am World Media Group on November the 11th at 5 p.m. The links uh, to get your tickets, the tickets are $5. It will be on the I Am World Media Group page. We'll also post it to All Things Undone and anywhere else where you see all of the shows lined up for the I Am World Media Group. We are also on BWNC Radio. We feature one show a day at 10 a.m. Um, Eastern Standard Time on BWNC Radio. It is Black With No Chasers Radio. Make sure you download oh, the app. It yeah. is free and it is Black owned. Please let us support one another. That event is going to be in Atlanta, Georgia. Right. Wakanda forever. Y'all better support. Forever. Yeah. Wakanda forever. <laughs> so, um, Okay, cool beans. So I was reading a text message. I'm so sorry. I thought that was Wayne trying to talk to me. Back to the discussion at hand. Would you marry for convenience or over love? Most people are seeming like they're going to marry for love because, again, as Corey said, love is the highest that we could give. That is the highest frequency to vibrate on. And that's one of our mottos here. That's the, our motto here. Walk, with, walk in love with God, self, mm -hmm. and others. Like that's right. the whole of it. 
That's the whole of it, to pour love into yourself and pour love into others. You can't go wrong. That's how I live my life. I get up every morning and set my intention to be absolutely amazing, to walk in love. Is it, is it easy? Mm, not all the time. Not all the time. I was saying earlier, you know, God forgive me how most people are idiots. Um, <laughs> anyway, right. back to most people are freaking idiots. God darn, IT ten Ts, ID ten Ts. All right, so back to it. Um, we do want to play a game because then we're gonna probably transition to another topic. But here's the game we want to play. We're gonna show you some pictures. Please participate on whatever platform you're watching us on YouTube, I am Well Media Group, All Things Undone Facebook Group. This is the game we're going to play. We're going to show you a picture of a couple, a celebrity couple. And we want you all to let us know if you think they married for convenience or for love. Some are going to be dead giveaways. They're going to be so obvious. But we got a couple of tricky ones in here, too. Okay. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait. We got a couple of tricky Let's ones. Let's go. In here too, so let us get started. Wayne, who was our first couple? Drum roll. Drum roll, please. It doesn't matter who you put up first. <laughs> We're going to go with first. Oh. Okay. Oh, he got them all up. All okay. together. Okay. So listen, we're going to start with the couple up top, uh, Anna Nicole Smith and J. Howard Marshall, both deceased now. So for this couple, Anna Nicole Smith and J. Howard Marshall, do you all think they married for love or was it convenient? Convenience. Maybe Anna was in love with his money. <laughs> yeah, because he is, he looked very happy. Anna was love. Okay, she said Anna was love. I think Anna on uh, convenience. Yeah, I think it was convenience. I think Jay Howard was absolutely infatuated with her. Mm -hmm. I think he absolutely lusted her. I watched that trial when his son took her to court to sue her for senior citizen abuse or coercion or manipulation or something he tried to sue her for. And he clearly said he saw her in a strip club. He fell in love with her. He fell in lust with her. But it doesn't matter. He was 89 years old and that's what he wanted. She even said that he would have her dress up like a baby. She liked that. He liked that. She would talk to him like a baby. It wasn't too much the man could do. So she did what he wanted. And she said that he was so sweet. Sharonda Roberts said, now you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Anna had a broken home and he showered her with all that she wanted. In her way, it was love. It was the only love she knew because everything else had been toxic. Her baby daddy, her son's father, trash. All the other men were treating her like trash. And then she has this billionaire with a B come into her life and say, okay, Wayne said, I think he just wanted one last hurrah. He was willing to pay whatever to see that woman naked. And he did. He left, he left everything her. to her, her in his will. Mm -hmm. Everything. So if she, didn't she learned in the strip club, Ooh. baby, she got him the grand <laughs> hurrah. He said, you know what, baby? Oh, this, I don't even want all this. Oh, this yours. Show me them titties. And she was like, yeah. Yeah, she showed. She showed. <laughs> now, unfortunately for her. All natural. <laughs> in the words of I'm Saranda, sorry. In the words of Saranda, now you now know. You know. 
Yeah, she's all natural. Okay, all natural. All right, Wayne, one more time. Let's pop them up again. That's who we who we going next. Convenience, I think. Somebody said, hell, I need practice. I know, right? Shoot. Work that pole. Work that Let's pole. See. Next on next on our list, we had um Wayne gotta pop it back up again. So the next couple is we're gonna go down to Jada and Will. Oh Jada yeah. and Will. Love That's, or convenience. Have they been in the news? Have they been in the news lately? A lot. <laughs> A lot, a lot. Okay, so let me just make this announcement because last week we talked about Jada and that whole mm -hmm. situation. Will and the kids, <laughs> Will and the kids have stood up, yes, love, and said that, <laughs> and said that they support her in her journey. They support her in the book. Will said that Jada is his best friend, and he understands her and where she is coming from. Period. <laughs> And I said, uh-uh, I love Sharon. Uh-uh, I'm sick of them. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sick of them. Yeah. I think um, love at first, now convenience. Thank you, Shannon. I think it was love mm -hmm. and now convenience only because they both, that's business. Thank you, Yolanda. They mm -hmm. both were in it and now they want it out, but they're not out. They're still legally married and they said that they are actively working to have a healthier connection with one another in their life partnership. I honestly believe at this point- Strictly it's, it's business, baby. Strictly business. I think it's an empire. I think that's a, a business empire. Not on the list is Beyonce and Jay-Z. And although they are in love, that's most definitely a business empire. Mm -hmm. uh, so, so, you know, yeah. if we take it back to the red table entanglement- Thank you, Tamara. Mm -hmm. Entanglement uh, mm -hmm. announcement at the very end when they said, we ride together, we die together. Mm -hmm. Bad marriage for life. That was so sad. Bad marriage <laughs> for life? Who said that? They did. At the end, okay, if you could go back to that red table talk that mm -hmm. she did, she discussed uh, August Alcina mm -hmm. and uh, she goes, well, you know, me and August, we got into an, an entanglement. And Will was like, you know, so that was mm -hmm. right at the very end before they ended the show. They were like, Hey, you know what? We ride together, we die together. Bad marriage for life. Hey, uh, Dwayne, that's what's part, Corey, right? And uh, Dwayne is right, there's more money in them staying together. That is a empire they have built together. That's it's like building a kingdom, <laughs> yeah. That's not a that's not a let's just. <laughs> go our separate ways type of thing you are gonna stick it out you you that's like the mafia now the only way out is if you die <laughs> they have a studio and they have different foundations they have different uh right, Corey, and Will, smith mm -hmm. foundations uh will and jada foundations things like mm -hmm. this they have they have a lot you know that's tied into that marriage that marriage is an empire in the business so yeah mm, you be in court for years can you that imagine part. the kind of money you were Whew, you would give? No, I think they. I think they just need to stick it on out. Hell, shit, you've been together this long. Stick it on out. And here's the thing: yeah. people have been ragging Jada for having an entanglement with August Alcina, which mm -hmm. honestly they should let that go. I could see if the lady had like repeated affairs over and over again. Everybody should be allowed okay. some 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 room some for grace. growth. 
So but everyone that, should be allowed grace to make mistakes. No one is perfect. And I think with Will and Jada, because their image was so carefully curated for TV consumption, people viewed them as like this perfect couple. No, oh. she's prone to human desire, flaws, just like he is. The thing that the difference between Will and Jada is that she talked about it and whatever transgressions he's had, he's quite, he didn't say shit. Like <laughs> he kept it to himself. <laughs> So maybe they well, need to remake Mr. and Mrs. Smith because they are damn sure living it out loud. <laughs> <laughs> well, very my, true. My point is, mm -hmm. did they did she have to choose her son's freedom? You, I mean, did your heart wants to, what your heart wants. Your heart wants what it wants. You was are, it her heart? You to, look. Sometimes your your private parts like each other. It, age is not a factor. Didn't we just let's go back a few minutes to what we were just talking about? Age <laughs> got millionaire. That wasn't yeah. her heart. Age got millionaire. It, it's sometimes people connect on different levels. It doesn't always have to be in your same age range. It mm. doesn't. I'm, I'm gonna tell you right now. After experiencing my divorce, my spouse was six years older than me. I am not attracted to older men at all. They don't turn me on. I like nothing about them. Um, I find appealing, and it's because be as I'm healing, and that's something I've dealt with. That's not something I want to deal with anymore. Mm. Not to put all older guys in that same category, but because right. of my experience in the way I have, I'm working to rewire my brain. I don't find older guys attractive. I don't. And I even tried to disprove this by dating a guy that was 70. I cringed when the man went to kiss me. I was like, hell the fuck no. No. <laughs> no. No. So it, that's just me. I'm for sure dating at least a decade younger than me. They can kind of be in my age group a little bit, if, you know, depending on how that vibe is. But yeah, no, I'm definitely. And the older I get, I got a feeling, shit, I might go younger. Oh, uh, like not a cougar like yet, but damn, damn sure a puma. Dating forty, <laughs> you know, seventy. WTF? You do that? WTF? What you, you do, do that, that for? Father's age. I was just look. I was trying something, you know. I was trying to date, and it did not go beyond the kiss. Because trust me, I almost threw up in that guy's mouth. So yeah, it was it was ill. That young fella was flipping Jada upside down, and she. <laughs> he put a song out about this. My sugar mama. <laughs> Let's just be real. I love older men. My daughter's dad is eleven years older than I am, and it's beautiful. I mean, like older men in the, in the case of like the the guy that I was telling y'all about, yeah, Sir yeah, Man that yeah, wants look to marry. Look at this. Look at this right here. I know. This is sex appeal right here. I'm that is you. that is wisdom, <laughs> right? <laughs> like that young that uh, the man said. He said. um for older men, the, the man that wants to have the babies, right, with the 30-something, he's 72. He said he's going to lavish her with whatever she wants. I got a question on Ray Parker Jr. Not, not Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. Yeah, Ghostbusters. <laughs> not Ghostbusters. Not there's something strange in the neighborhood. Yeah. Oh, my God. Who you going to call? Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. Yeah. That's mm -hmm. cool. Who else got crushes on older men? I used to have a crush on Denzel Washington. Mm -hmm. You and, and about 20 million other black women. Right. <laughs> Be I'm going to tell you, Mo Better Blues did it for me. And that's going to be the next couple we talk about. Felicia Rashad. Yeah, Very Rashad. true. 
Very true. Yeah. For me, it was Denzel. When he was in Mo Better Blues, because Mo Better makes it Mo Better, makes it Mo Better. He was so smooth. I was a little girl when that movie came out. I just thought, oh my goodness, this, this is the epitome of what a sexy man looks like. And that's the next couple up. Pauletta and Denzel. Yeah, Pam Greer. He is more than Ghostbusters. Pam Greer is a goddess. Yes, mm -hmm. she is. So what do y'all think? I know for sure this one's hands down. This is easy. This is giveaway. Pauletta and Denzel Washington. They married for love. He was yeah. just recently bragging on her and thanking her for his life. He was like, this is the reason why I'm alive. This is this is my reason. My mm -hmm. wife, Pauletta. Mm -hmm. And he even talked about her being so forgiving. And I'm pretty sure he was the same for her, but that's just a stomp down good woman that Miss Pauletta. Yep. yep. Yeah, I think he put her career on hold to help him with his career. Cause I think she was a she was a bigger star when they got together. She was. And she actually put him on. Mm -hmm. uh, that yep. first movie, Mississippi Masala. Mississippi Masala. Yep. I and think I she remember. put him on that movie. Mm -hmm. I think they met on the set of a movie, pre a previous movie he played. He had a really small role. And they and it was just it's just been a whirlwind love ever since. I love it. Yeah, that was definitely love for sure. Everybody hands down. And, and I love that couple. All love. Yes, it is. Next up, who we got public perception says it is real love. They have done everything the right way. And they have. And he's he's made darn sure that his family was presented in that way. His children, the whole nine. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah, right, Yolanda. That's what I'm looking for. Where my Denzel in real life? Where my Denzel? Who we looking for? Who we got next? Prince William and Kate Middleton. Oh, excuse me for snoring. That's the that's the uh, that right That's optics. <laughs> that's definitely optics. Um, Where's Pippa? <laughs> so what y'all think? Prince Where's William Pippa? and Kate Middleton. Revenge. I really don't. Okay, that's what I'm okay. Okay. Um, I think I think that's optics too. I think that optics. was very much so crafted, uh carefully crafted. Yeah. I'm sure and she was she was handpicked after all of his life. She was handpicked probably mm. from the time she was three years old, and they just kind of groomed her in that to that position, even though they made it look like he was dating around. That's right, that's the mm. business of love. That's an empire long established. Somebody said they don't, know. <laughs> they don't know. Yeah, I think Kate Middleton and, and Prince Williams definitely business of John love. David speaks highly. That's why he does. John David uh, Washington speaks highly. He on sounds him. just he's like his dad when he's acting to me. John highly David Washington. On. Who is that? The, um, Prince William cheating on her straight optics. <laughs> mm -hmm. Who is John David? John David Washington. That's Denzel's son. Oh yeah, yeah. Don't they have? Mm -hmm. Is that the one that's the actress actor? Actor. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I bet he does. He, he used that. to play some pro football before, and he then did. Um, and then he hopped out. He was um, he was in that that series with the Rock where there was uh, what was it called with the uh, with the football players, and the Rock okay. was the uh, he was uh, a manager. Gridiron, gridiron, something. Mm -hmm. And it starts off with a song by Drake when it, when it comes on. Drake in uh. And Lil Wayne. Gridiron Gang. That's it. Mm -hmm. No. That's not it. What's, what's it called? Somebody. That's not it. It's like Ballers. Ballers. That's it. Ballers. Oh. That's the name of it. Ballers. Thank you, you Tamara. Okay. 
Thank you. He's been in a yep. few other ones. He was in that sci-fi movie with um, Orlando Bloom recently, too. I thought that one was a really good one, too. Um, I can't think of the name of it, but it was really good. So I, I like him. John David. I didn't know that was his mm -hmm. name. Cool so we got next. Okay. Next up, y'all, is Sierra and Russell Wilson. So talk about it, y'all. Let's, let's look. Talk about now, it. Listen, is that love? Or is she selling for a square? What is it, y'all? Come on, talk. What is it? Is it she selling for L7 or is it love? Okay, talk listen. Me. Tell me. <laughs> you too excited about this one, Jonathan. You're going to have to leave the conversation. Uh, I, all think right. I think Russell Wilson and Sierra are in love. So what? what's, what's your take on it? Because I think Me? you got a different view on this. Actually, I don't. I, I think, I think, I think that he really loves her. He's he's raising her son, and they have more mm -hmm. babies. And he, I think, we publicly the way he treats her, mm -hmm. and uh, you can look at him and see that he actually adores. So he he actually adores her. <laughs> look at that comment. <laughs> Russell is a daddy dumb and got Sierra love down. All right, listen, y'all. Let's talk about daddy dumb for a minute, because. We don't hype this enough. Let me tell you. What, what, what is what is Daddy Dom? What is that? That's, okay, that's so me. it goes into it goes into the whole theory of um, masochism, where you have a dom dominant and you have a submissive mm. in the relationship. So okay. if he's Daddy Dom, he's the one that's the dominant in a relationship. Okay, got so it. Like he, you know, will love her down as the submissive. Let me tell y'all what made Chris. Uh, Fifty Shades of Grey, so goddamn popular when it came out. That was the entire underlying theme of that movie. He was a dumb, a dominant, and he was looking for a submissive. And he chose Annabelle to be his submissive. And what made it even sweeter was that she was a virgin and she was naive and she didn't know shit. So she signed this crazy ass contract with this man and he had this red room. And I think, too, that, you know, even though Russell, he looks so sweet. I think he got some dumb in him. Something going on. He on baby number. She on baby number four. Okay. <laughs> you can't be a dumb and be south as baby poop at the, on the football field. You know what? I'm not going to touch this man's football career. We're going to save that for Underground Sports King. Y'all can check that show out. Wayne will put it at the bottom when that airs. I think the man is phenomenal. <laughs> Now listen, we doing a we doing a fantasy sports with a fantasy football team at work. And so each each of the departments have their own team. And so we wanted to put Russell Wilson on the team. And my boss was like, Y'all don't know shit about football. He's not going on our team. He said the same thing Wayne said. <laughs> Two different worlds. At home, he's giving daddy loves you. Right. And we yeah, can Russell's tell Russell's a system quarterback. He's a system quarterback. Yeah, that's y'all. Okay, he's a good man, but he damn sure ain't a dumb. He is a good man. I do want me a dumb. I'm I will be the submissive. I'll be a submissive for the right dominant man. I'll tell you right now. Sierra got Russell wide open. Sharonda. <laughs> that's Sharonda commenting, y'all. She said that he got him wide open. I don't know. He got him wide open. That girl been popping out some babies. She been popping like, out. She, 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 baking, she baking bread now? <laughs> is she pregnant again? She's pregnant right now. Is she? I think she. I think she yeah. is. Isn't she? Um, she got her oldest son, then she got what a little boy and a little girl, and she's pregnant now. She's pregnant mm -hmm. right now. 
So good for her. Good for her. Uh, I think we have one more person on one more couple on the list. Or am I leaving some? Mm, yeah. Let's find out. Let's see who else. I think I have one more. Um, ah. Barack and Michelle O'Connor. Ah, the former first family. Mm. This is a tricky one. It is. Because I remember she said for was it for 10 or 13 years, she ain't really, she wasn't even cutting for Barack. So <laughs> Barack, he had to get it right, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So did she settle? Business of, she definitely didn't settle. She did, I don't think she settled. Um and here's the thing with politics. I read a I, sometimes I'll read uh political commentary and I got my hands on this book called um The Madhouse. And it was during the Bush era, and it was talking about um, how the political system worked and how they look at particular people' lives to groom them from childhood up. And you don't see this grooming happening because, of course, there's no such thing as a mentoring candidate, right? Um, do y'all know what a mentoring candidate is? Uh, yeah, it's Donald J. Donald J. Trump. But anyway, I'm going to stay clear. <laughs> I'm gonna stay clear. Okay. Well, anyway, uh, long story short, Barack Obama, apparently in this book, his name was coming up long before he even became a senator and it started to grow in these bigger circles to get bigger and bigger and bigger. I think they most definitely have a love story um, with their kids. And I think that Michelle has been a glowing example of what a wife should be no matter what that situation looks like for all intents and purposes it looks like if they if if they fell off they ain't fell off they look amazing to me they that's my example of what love is i put them up there with denzel and um in pauletta i think this? they are in love is it dr huh? gates dr gates he's, he's he's a black um he he's, uh he does genealogy and mm. he traces people's roots back. Mm. Is everybody familiar with him? So he did mm. that for Barack mm -hmm. and found that Barack is actually related to Liz Cheney and her father, who, uh, who was the former, yeah, he was uh, the former vice president. They, <laughs> they, they, share, they share bloodline. Oh, that's on amazing. His, on, on, his, on his mom's side, of course. But, of course, yes. Yeah. I love it. Look, Michelle so, Obama is the modern day Felicia Rashad. That's been stamped by me. Yes, Lord. I think that's why we love them. They became for us, especially in the wake of the demise of the image imagery of the Cosby family. We got Barack and Michelle in the White House, and that became the epitome of, of black excellence for class. the black community. We didn't have to have the TV show anymore because we had a real life example in the White House of what black love, black excellent, black black excellence, intelligence looks like, class, sophistication, what it looks like. And that will forever be stamped in my heart and the hearts of my children and my grandchildren. They're gonna know who Barack Obama and Michelle Obama is, mm -hmm. right? That's Definitely right. class. Right. Hands down, that is love. In my book now, there's some other foolishness going on online, and, and it's it's deteriorated. A lot of the couples that you see that you saw in in our presentation were older couples, because this show is about life after oh, divorce and how to move forward successfully. So we don't really focus too much on the younger generation. Oh <laughs> lord, going on, but I am going to touch on this one thing because it came up on 
my Instagram timeline today. And it mm. is the absolute dumpster fire mess that is Blueface. Ooh, I thought you were going to say Sexy Red. All right, go ahead. We, we're not going <laughs> to say Sexy Red. I'm going to let Sexy Red make it. <laughs> so Blueface proposed to his high school sweetheart and baby mother of two of his children. Now, mind you, he just had a baby for um, Krishan Rock. And they were like all in toxic love six months ago or whenever it was. So how do you flip the script and, 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 and propose to this other girl? No, I'm good God darn well. It, it's just so crazy. I would love to see a young example of a young couple that's that's moving towards success in their marriage, that's making it work. That's a good example for um, our our Gen Zers, because millennials are moving up into the 30s, you know. So our Gen Zers, our babies. No, I mean, would it, would it be Cardi B and and uh, Offset? I don't know. I'm trying to. Thank you. Yes, Blueface is a low self-esteem having boy who thinks nothing, nothing of playing games with women. His mom doesn't make it better. She encourages all of his terrible petty behavior. I guess Cardi B and Offset are 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 trying to make that thing work through good or bad and ups and downs. And she hasn't been ashamed. He has embarrassed her, unfortunately, a couple times. You know, and she's still there. So. I'm pretty sure she's she's Latino and black, and her parents are just like any other black community. You know, you in that thing now, girl. Yeah, you Stick in that out. thing now. Work it out. You know, stay there. Work it out. Stick it out. I think those two are in love, though. They're not on our list, but it's crazy. Yeah. It might be a little bit um, manic. There's definitely growth. Yeah, there definitely is growth that has to happen yeah. between mm -hmm. with the couple. Uh, and unfortunately, you ladies mature so much faster than the guys. <laughs> And you know it's because you know we got a lot going on, all right? Ooh, I mean, Cardi you know, and Naomi, Cardi oh, and Naomi Osaka. She's a tennis player, right? Naomi Osaka. She's a tennis. Is she a tennis player? Oh yeah, uh, yeah. I, yeah okay, her, Cardi, and Naomi Osaka. And on my end, Corey says Prince Harry and uh, Meghan Markle. Ooh, that you know that shook up. Can that, that girl ain't all the way black? Isn't she like one fourth black or something? Her mom. Her mom is blackish. Her mom is a high yellow black lady. Blackish. <laughs> blackish. Yeah, that's why she said that's why she need her old man. That's what she need her. Not not an older man, an old man. Old man. Old man. That's my old, old man right there. <laughs> what up, man? I, I don't think know. That's what, that's Right? Is this that is that a Memphis thing? Is Maine a Memphis thing, or is it well, a uh, or is it a Terrence Howard thing? What what is Maine? We used to say that in Brookhaven all the time. Oh, what up, Bo? What up, Maine? What up, Maine? Yeah, I remember that. What up, Maine? What up, Bo? All right, oh, New boy. Orleans. They, they flipped the switch down here. They got Wody and who knows whatever else they got. But yeah, I don't think y'all. We got to answer the question again. Yeah, Maine. <laughs> We gotta, yeah, we gotta ask the question again. Some people, one person answered this, but now that a few more people have joined, we're gonna ask it again. Now, Terrence Howard owns it more now. He does. He, <laughs> he branded that thing, didn't he? Oh my goodness, Terrence Howard branded Maine. 
Maybe lots my black. Lots yeah. Of yeah, she is black. She's a high yellow black woman, but she's black. Hmm. Mm -hmm. And she was a single mother too. I just love the fact that they broke up that stereotype. I think I just love the fact that Harry was like, no, I'm I'm gonna marry her. I don't care what y'all say. Period. And they excommunicated his butt too. <laughs> they did. They did. That's okay. They figured out between the two of them how to still make make money. You know, hey, you're still royalty. I don't care if they kicked you out the family. You still uh, as royal as you will ever be. You know, so I like I like old redheaded Harry. I like a I like the uh, what is he? A ginger. He's a ginger. All right. So we have a, an adjacent topic that we're going to touch on right quick. Since we have time, and I think unless you all have something else to add to this conversation, I'm pretty sure we could have gone deeper with it. But I just wanted to know, like, y'all's opinion on um, <laughs> Sharonda Crazy. Can, shall we continue down this path, or should we take a small detour? We're going to let y'all, you know, put it in the chat what y'all want to do. Okay. Harry saw how the machine did Diana. Oh. And on my That's end, so uh, Harry living his best life. Yeah. He is. He know. Let me tell y'all. I don't care. What you say that we can keep is this. What did Tupac say? The blacker the berry, the sweeter the juice. I say the darker the skin, the deeper the roots. What? He knew what he was doing. He know. Let's go back. This is the best juice right here. This. You see all this, all this loveliness. This is the best. You know, I, I'm glad you brought that up because mm -hmm. in the beginning of that song. He dedicates that song to his uh, to uh, his little nephew Elijah and a mm -hmm. young girl named Corinne. That's Jada's middle name. We know. <laughs> Thank you, God's greatest creation is a black man. I'm not even touching no more with that. Go and drop the I'm pen exhausted. on that. Drop the mic. Yeah, I'm exhausted talking about Will and Jada. Oh, oh, oh. Let's take us out. It's time for everybody to get out their business. It's time for us to get out the group chat on that one. <laughs> it's time for us to just get all the way out of the group chat. All right, so we did have an adjacent uh, question uh, topic. And it was, how? what was your question? It was from Jonathan. So I'm going to let him take mm -hmm. it. It's um, moving past fatherhood hurts mm -hmm. to be a great dad. So what does that mean? What does fatherhood hurt? Mm -hmm. So I was taking this, 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 I was taking this group chat with a bunch of men. We were in a, we were in church, right? It was a, and we learned through the thirty-two series what fatherhood hurt is, and it's when mm -hmm. a father is absent from the life of his son. Okay. Okay. And daughter, but but we're gonna focus on the son, right? And so, how do you? If you if your dad is gone, if he's left, sometimes it could be through death, but sometimes mm. it could be your dad across town with somebody else, mm. and he's not being a dad. How do you move past that hurt to yourself? Be a great father to your offspring, to to your seeds, to your sons and your daughters. Mm. Okay, man. <laughs> so let's talk about that. Let's talk about it. Let's, okay. let's talk about that. <sighs> so I'm, I'm waiting on the men. It's like the way you worded it, I, I, it's, you know, definitely geared towards the men. Um, I can talk from a female perspective, but I want to see right. what the guys got to say. Right. Well, because it, it speaks to 
women who end up with a man who can't father put first. Mm. Oh no, I guess everybody's thinking on that one. Um I will point this I know, out. That was kind of deep. I know that was kind of deep. That was very deep. That's that's one of those thought provoking ones. And here's the thing. Again, I was on uh, Instagram, because sometimes I'm on Instagram, but I don't have nothing to do at work. And Monique said that she calls her husband father, dad, daddy. daddy. No, she calls her husband daddy because he's still raising her. Mm-hmm. Because he's raising her. Yeah, because her dad checked out when she was Yeah, young. her dad checked out when she was young. And so she, she calls her husband daddy because he's raising her. Now, my dad was in my life for the most part of my life, even when his my mom and dad separated. I don't have that. Um, I don't have that desire to call the man I'm sleeping with, my my spouse, my husband, daddy. I've never had an inkling to call a man that I'm sexual with daddy. I think it's perverted. But I think it does go into the absence of a father not having that. From a female perspective, from a, a male's perspective, Jonathan, you're going to have to share your story with us. Okay. So, um, so from my perspective, mm. it's happening, you know, you have a father and he's not there. And so for a lot of, and I can, I can resonate with this um, because there were certain things that I thought mm. that other young young men were learning from their dad that mm-hmm. I wasn't, that they were in, you know, they were getting some special male knowledge from their dad mm-hmm. that I wasn't. And so it, it uh, materializes in different ways as far mm-hmm. as how to move, how to, you know, how to cope with that. And, mm-hmm. and sometimes it shows up in, in various ways for men throughout their life. And it could be hypersexual, hypersexuality. Mm-hmm. You know what? Because that's what that's what it means to be a man. Is I have to have all these women. Okay. Because that's what a man does. Okay. Or I'm working all the time. I'm a workaholic, and I and I'm unbalanced. I'm not giving love to my wife, my spouse, my kids because only thing for a man to do that shows I'm a man is I provide. Once I provide for you, shut up. I've done my job. Mm. You guys figure the rest of it out, right? And then sometimes it's drinking, sometimes it's drugs, and this it's 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 a myriad ways. Sometimes it's a collaboration of all those things. So mm. when it, when you when you're when a young man is in fatherhood hurt and they're and they're learning now to put the pieces together um to, in order to now look, I gotta do better for my kids, mm-hmm. my grandkids than what I have. So how do you move past that? So let me ask you a question. Um, Well, before I ask that, let's read this. My father was and is definitely present in my life, but I knew men who have had to experience this. You learn what not to do from the absent father. Mm -hmm. You also father the way your male examples raised you. Thank you, Wayne. I 100% agree with that. And I have a question for the both of you, especially for those like you, Jonathan, who who had to move past the fatherhood hurts. It seems like from observation from me with these men, 
uh, just seeing different ones throughout life raise their children, how they interact. It seems like they are emotional, emotionally unavailable by default. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like you, like you said, you provide, you you come into the family, you provide for the family, you work your ass off, um, and then you feel like, okay, I've done my part. And then at the end of the day when you're ready to get lovey-dovey, you feel like your wife may be saying that's not enough because she wants you to emotionally pour into you. Now you all are healed. You probably moved past this, but a lot of men are not. And they don't know how to bridge that gap to be vulnerable with their partner because they have not healed from that past fatherhood hurt or people telling them as a child, you're now, I cannot stand when people say this to young boys when the father is absent from the home. You are the man of the house. These are like eight-year-olds, seven-year-olds, six-year-olds. Right. You're the man of the house now because there's not a man here. No, he's a boy. Yep. And, and he should be able to grow into his manhood and make all the mistakes that boys make and have emotions and be able to express that. Our young boys are not able to do that. If yep. you see a little six or seven year old crying, people tell them, shut up. You're a punk. Don't cry. Man no, up. Shut up. Man up. He can't man up. He's fucking seven. Yeah. I want to, yeah. oh, I've been wanting to attack adults so bad. That's when I feel like I regress in my healing process because it takes everything in me not to go to that adult and say, you are a stupid fuck. He's seven mm-hmm. or she's six or he's five or whatever. They don't know, they don't have the mental capacity to suck that up. But then they learn because here's the thing. If I show emotion as a young boy, as a young black boy, Mm -hmm. I'm going to be punished for it. I'm going to be ridiculed for it. I'm going to be ostracized for it. I'm going to be shunned for it. I'm going to be made fun of. So what are we teaching our black boys moving past hurt, right? We're teaching them, put your feelings in your pocket. It doesn't matter. If you're hurting really, really bad, suck it up. Don't cry. You might lose a parent as a child. I know it's, it's boys and girls who lose parents as children. They tell the little boys, mm-hmm. be strong. Don't cry. You got it. Mm-hmm. You're the man of the house now. You, the p- children figure out different ways to process the hurt because they cannot articulate as an adult. So they learn all these behaviors. They can't move past it. So we got to start having grace with each other. I think that's one of the reasons too why it's so many single moms is because our black boys are stunted in that area. They haven't been allowed to grow, to be vulnerable. Okay, so Tamara says, nope, son boy is not a man. He is 13 and needs to enjoy childhood. He is already a larger than average black boy who is adultified, very good. I want him to be a kid as long as possible as long as he's able to very good i think we're learning now right tamara and and, mm-hmm. and whoever else is watching this i think we're learning to to allow our children to be that that statement goes generations back thank you boys used to quit school to provide for the family right they were considered mm-hmm. men. if the choice was school or work they were told to work to help take care of the family and that was I think, my grandfather right that was my grandfather he dropped out of school mm-hmm. in sixth grade in order to pick cotton and uh, end up becoming a butcher. And mm-hmm. then uh, it wasn't too long. Then he at he was nineteen. He married my grandmother. Mm-hmm. And then, then he had a, he had a whole household mm-hmm. uh, at that point. So yeah, you know when when is it? You know, you, he says something about stunting 
the growth of young black mm -hmm. boys and it's been an epidemic. Um, mm -hmm. it, there's a term I heard recently, it's uh, called black boy joy, mm -hmm. you know, and you know, when do we give our kids that freedom, our, our young black men, that freedom to just be young black boys, mm -hmm. you know, society sometimes see them like Tamir Rice's. Tamir was a young boy, but in mm -hmm. the eyes of that, you know, I know I'm getting political, so I'm, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll, I'll stray away from the politics too much. <laughs> all right. But, you know, but our young black boys look like adults to people of another, of another culture. Mm, true. And so, and, and so when do we give them permission to just be young black boys and not have them to grow up too quickly? Oh, that's the million dollar question, right? I, I think it's uh, what Tamara said. You now parents coming up now have to take the reins and, and make sure that they are equipping their boys with what they need. Okay, what they need. Wayne said, yep, sixth or seventh grade, boys transitioned to men back in those days. We struggled to break that back in our days, but now we are doing a better job of protecting our black boys. Break the chains and habits and just live normal lives. Very true. I had a conversation with a lady in the in the um, library not too long ago. I went and got one of those genealogy things run on my family. And we were in there and we had gotten to my grandfather, my dad's father. And he went into service when he was 18 years old. And there was another lady in there. She was about my dad's age. And she's like, oh, my goodness, my father went into service when he was 18 years old, World War II. And she said and she was looking at the pictures of my grandfather. She was like, oh, my God, I think we forget how young our grandfathers were when they went to war, they went to war, young, naive boys, 18. And they, they had a rifle shoved in their hands and they had to go mm -hmm. kill people they didn't know. And then they were released back into American society, released back to their families with PTSD. And she said she remember her mom saying how drastically her father was when he returned from World War II. It was like a completely different person. And my grandma experienced the same thing with my granddad. Before, when they got married, he was a loving father. When he come back, he had shut down completely. He went to work after that. He come home, he ate, he showered, he left, and he went and hung out at the bar. That was his routine every day until he absolutely couldn't do it anymore because he had a stroke. Mm -hmm. And she said, oh, her father had a similar story that whatever it was they went through, we didn't know about PTSD. They didn't have anybody to talk to. It was terrible. And then like Wayne said, it carried on to the next generation. My dad still grapples today at 70 years old. It's like a real guard effect to how he was raised. And all the stuff he wasn't able to express, I notice now, and I have grace for people. A lot of times when people react in anger, it's because it's something hurt on the inside of them that they have not been able to heal for whatever reason. They haven't been able to. And, and they react uh aggressively, sometimes in anger, they react in different ways. So a perfect example, yesterday, my dad and mom are buying a house, praise God and hallelujah. But it's been, it's been, okay, so it's difficult. It's not as easy as unless you really have done your homework and you got all your ducks in a row and you got your down payment, and you just ready to sign on dotted line. Buying a house is not that cut and dry. So we've had to jump through a couple hurdles. And it's just because we didn't have everything in order. 
And yesterday, my dad was just over it. He was frustrated. And uh, the way he expresses himself is through anger, because that is acceptable in black men. You can express anger and it's considered normal. And so I said to him, OK, I'm done. I'm done because I'm not this exchange is not going to happen. I'm, I'm not going to allow you to be angry. I know it's misdirected. I know it's not directly at me, but because we've been going through this process for a few months, I'm tired mentally. But I told my dad this. I was like, I love you. I'm going home. If you don't want to buy the house, it's fine. We can stop the process right now. Right. We can stop it right now. It's fine. However, I recognize that this is self-sabotaging. I'm going to let you work through that. I love y'all. I'm going home. And I left. Nine times out of 10, we take it so personally that we begin an argument with the person that's coming at us. We have to start looking at things like that with grace. It's not that they're attacking you per se. It's that that whatever it is that's going on inside of them, they haven't figured out how quite how to work those emotions out. It comes out as anger. Because that's acceptable in, in black men. I don't know how else to say it. Now, I'm not a psychologist or anything, but my, my degree is the study of humans. It's, it's organizational communication. That is right. literally what I do. So um, I've learned now, don't do that. Don't attack him back. Just step back, step away. I think we as women, oh my goodness, y'all don't beat me up for saying what I'm about to say in this. But when we're in relationship with men, especially if we are dating black men, I know everyone kind of, some people date outside their race. But if you're dating a black man and you're with a black man, you're married to a black man and y'all have an argument, take a step back. Instead of engaging in that argument, try to see it from his perspective or at least watch how you respond because you can't um, dictate how he's going to respond. Watch how you respond to him. I guarantee you, if you soften that and extend a little grace and say, okay, hey, Let's look at this differently. Let's talk about it in a different way. Let's go from there. Nine times out of 10, we feel attacked by y'all. And so we attack. And then so y'all attack. And then we attack. And I've noticed that. Have y'all noticed that in society? It's like uh, this whole black women versus black men thing online on social media. I hate that. That's been going on since. Thank you, Tamara. Since, um, since black men and black since the, since the black family was split up when Mm -hmm. um, yeah, yeah, with housing, and there's a whole, there's a whole book. There's a, there's, a, there's studies behind that. That's a, that that was purposeful. So. Yeah, and thank you, Tamara, for your comment. She said that's her son. You know, she's helping him through that. Uh, I have to help him through anger before the law sees it as a threat because yeah, they not they don't understand that they don't understand all of these things, right, that's boiling up in, 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 in our kids. We have been talking about that for a while now. I am sick of us falling for it. Me too. It, it, there is no competition here. We are right. in this to uplift each other. I want to be in a relationship. We were talking about love and all this stuff earlier. I want to be in a relationship where I don't feel like I have to be in competition with my partner and he that's doesn't right. feel like he needs to be in competition with me. We are here to love each other, uplift each other, pour into each other and grow together. Hopefully grow old like the notebook and he dies and I die in the bed next to him. Oh, that's a beautiful movie. That's what I want. I want him. I'm going to die and he's going to lay right there and he's going to die too. Gonna die. Romeo and Juliet. Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> So uh, I'm, I'm, since we are in, since we are, you know, you my home girl, we, mm. since we're in a relationship like this, I'm going to put this out here and say, if you have any real estate questions, I'm only, 
a phone call away. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna call you tomorrow. <laughs> I'm gonna call you tomorrow. I give you the low that. We get I get the skinny. So Wayne yeah, said yeah. we need each other. We need to learn to understand each other. We need to learn that it is okay to depend on each other. That's right. Codependency and depending on each other, two different things. Because we could be individuals and be interdependent in the same relationship with one another. Yeah. Competition, Competition does kill relationships because now you're thinking yeah. that I'm trying to be better than you and I'm not. I'm trying to be better for us. I want you to be better for us, right? And that's the whole goal. There was this teacher I had, and I was at Alton. <clears throat> Some people don't know I was at Alton before I went to Jackson State, but mm-hmm. I was at Alton, and there was a teacher named Dr. Carolyn Abdullah, and mm-hmm. she talked to family. I remember the first day, and I uh, was in class. There was actually a chalkboard. I know that that probably shares my age. There was actually a chalkboard there, and she took some chalk and went down mm-hmm. the center of the chalkboard. She wrote, Black women on one side, Black men on the other. And her opening statement was so, I mean, as a community, we've been, we've had this divide for too long. Mm -hmm. We are husbands and wives, aunts and uncles, brothers and sisters, cousins. And we've had this divide. But in my class, I'm seeking to erase the divide so we can understand what we want and what we need from each other. And Mm -hmm. that's how she began class, by, by enumerating women, black women, what do you need from black men? And she numbered it, right? And then she asked, she went through, guys, what do you need from black women? And mm-hmm. it went, right? And so what, what we saw was the list was flip-flopped. Mm-hmm. What was important to black men she got to look a certain way. She got to cook like mama. She got to do this, that, you know. Mm-hmm. And more security was at the bottom. Mm-hmm. For Black women, security was at the foremost top. Mm-hmm. And everything else mirrored down. And then looks was kind of toward the bottom, which is interesting, mm-hmm. right? And it was, the list was flip-flop. So right. knowing this, being able to know what a Black woman wants from us it, it helps Black men understand how to relate to a Black woman and vice versa. So mm-hmm. the more we have these discussions on your platform, I think the more that we can understand what we need from each other so we mm-hmm. can erase that divide. Very true. I agree. I, I, hey, we might have to do that. We might have to make that an activity <laughs> on, a, yeah. on another show. We have to make that an activity. But yeah, I agree with that. Um, Tamara put a come up coming up. We need healthy dialogue. Very true. Mm-hmm. She put yeah. a and not toxic dialogue. It's a lot of podcasts that are out today that I absolutely don't agree with. I don't even listen to them because the commentary is negative. The commentary divides black men, pits black men, black men against black women. I don't like that scenario. And and everyone wants to defer to Kevin Kevin Samuels, who is now deceased. Um mm-hmm. But here's the thing. He wasn't the only one. I think he might have been the most prominent. But here's the thing. He could only do what the women who called him called in allowed him to do, which I didn't understand the mentality at the time. But here's the thing. We have to learn to, first of all, again, we're walking in love with God, self and others. Stop seeking external validation. Uh, Because some of these people on these podcasts are speaking from a place of hurt. 
and they're speaking from their own personal experiences and they're saying, hey, you know, I would do it this way or that way. At the end of the day, and this is the whole takeaway from this, I told um, Jonathan this last night, at the end of the day, like Tamara said, uh, you have to, like she's she's leveled up her life. That's what it's about. The decisions you make, whether you're going to be in a relationship for love, for convenience, how you're moving in this world, you have to do it in a, in a place that satisfies your soul in your mental peace. Kevin Samuels died. He reproduced into so many misogynistic podcasts, right? It's, um, I just, I really don't understand. It's women too who are on here dogging men. Like it's not just men dogging the women and uh, it's, it's getting way out of hand. Listen, if you're not up here uplifting the community, it shouldn't always be us fighting one another. It's all about healing. Be your authentic selves, right? That's what I'm looking for. I'm not on here trying to fight um, men. I don't get that. It was a lady recently that was called out for not wanting to go to Cheesecake Factory or getting out at the Cheesecake Factory or, oh, yeah. Yeah. or whatever. Um, and I watched a little bit of her on a podcast today and she looked really stupid. I don't know how else to say it. She looked absolutely dumb because you're feeding into this narrative that you're entitled to um, everything you want in life without yep. having to earn the respect of the person That's right. because you carry a vagina. That is not our only worth as a woman. And that's kind of all I got out of that because apparently he set a reservation. They missed the reservation. Cheesecake Factory was the second choice. Yep. And he didn't want to get out of the car. Well, yep. me as if I was a male, I would have drove her ass right on back home and dropped her right back at her front door. I'm like, deuces, don't call me anymore. And you could go on your life and say whatever you want to say. And she was like, well, I feel like, and here's the thing, the guy called her out on that podcast. He was like, so what made you not want to go to Cheesecake Factory? And he was like, was it your friends? And she was like, oh yeah, they would never let me live it down. He said, so peer pressure had you, peer pressure made you make that decision to not get out of the car because you're afraid of what you look like around your friends. In that case, you got some low vibrational friends. You need to get a whole new group of friends. I would eat at the Cheesecake Factory on the first date. Yes, I would eat at the Cheesecake Factory. Because look, first of all, we need to establish if we want to move higher than this. <laughs> Absolutely. Because the food becomes secondary. It's about the company and the conversation. That part. And so, yeah, the food's the backdrop. So, but for her, obviously, it seems like she just wanted, maybe she was hungry or something, but but she they they missed their reservation because it took mm -hmm. her so long to get ready. So it was her fault. It was her fault, but they <laughs> missed the reservation. You missed, you missed a good and dinner so, because it was her fault. And so then uh, he was like, well, since we, we'll just go to Cheesecake Factory because it's right here. And she was like, ah, I'm not doing it. All right. So this, this is what Tamara says. She said, I've joined in the fight back in defense. They dog us. So we clap back. It goes back and forth until a side says so. In a way, it is seldom a conversation or dialogue, just fights. And that's at somebody. This is the thing with an argument. You take your power back when you don't give any attention to it. And I think that's what we have to start doing. If you know that's a point you don't agree with, just like, okay, that's what that's your view. Let me move over here. Because apparently you're not for me. If we're arguing and we don't see eye to eye on this particular thing, especially when it comes to relationships and how we're moving in the space, then let me just uh, 
go ahead on and exit stage left because you need a different kind of girl and I need a different kind of guy. Right. Kevin Samuels. This is what uh, Wayne said. Kevin Samuels wasn't all bad. But the problem is we have selective hearing because we all want the microwave remedy to the problem. We can't pick bits and pieces of a combo because we don't like it. Hear the full combos and maybe join in, add to the combos. But we can't keep doing this back and forth thing. We have to grow and evolve as a whole. Right. Intellectual conversations. They used to have panels. I don't even know if they do panels anymore. Way before it was podcast, back in the 90s, they would do uh, panels, right? That's why communication is key. Both parties need to express their desires early. Not only express them, be able to articulate it in a way that um, is non-threatening, in a way that does not um, cause the other party to be offended. And that's the other thing. It's like woven into, it's engraved into even our conversations, the shade that people throw, the undertones um, mm. of a conversation. It's like, okay, listen, if, and I'm, look, I'm quick now. Like, with it, I'm not going to debate with you. Like, if, okay, if that's your opinion and that's how you feel about it, then that's how you feel about it. I've argue with your mama. <laughs> right. I'm done yeah, a few years, a couple years ago, um, I dated a guy briefly and he was big on debates. He was big on debates. Mm-hmm. And anytime we would be talking, have a conversation about any given thing and I would give my opinion of it. If he could, I don't know, I guess it for him, it became a competition because then he would throw out something like, well, that's not fair for you to make that statement. Okay. He said, Wayne said, sure, let's have this combo next week. I want in on this. All right. So we are definitely going to talk about this next week, but yeah, it's the thing. Like, I don't want to go back and forth with you. I'm going to literally concede. Kevin was a menace. I'm going to conclude the conversation. Like, I'm not going to go back and forth with you. I'm like little Duval. I'm living my best life. I ain't going back and forth with you, niggas. I'm living my best life. <laughs> what did Plyer say? What did Plyer say? You want to argue. You want to argue. I ain't going to argue with you. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we're going to table that discussion for next week. So, tune in next week. We will definitely be discussing mm-hmm. men versus women. I don't know what we're going to call it, but yeah, we're talking about this. because we Battle have, of the sexes. Battle of the sexes. Man. We are having healthier conversations. A lot of the podcasts I don't listen to. I know a lot of it is sound bites. I know a lot of it is to get a reaction out of the crowd to get the conversation started, right? Mm-hmm. It's a Especially lot of when it. it's toxic. When and it's so toxic, it exposes the toxicity of it. And you have you know the, to- toxic, the toxic elements on both sides yelling at each other. Mm-hmm. And, but no one's listening. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy because I've heard comments on those podcasts like uh, like women, like one guy said, if a, guy, if a woman likes you, that uh, you don't have to lie to her because she'll lie to herself. If she likes you, she'll lie to herself about what she thinks you are because she will have in her mind the image of you that she wants you to be. Mm, that's very oh, oh my god! I think that goes both ways, but it got one lady got so triggered, like she was like yelling on stage, right? But wow. it, it's both ways. And when we meet people, we become delusional because already in our minds, if we're like minimally attracted to them, we're like, okay, let me see if I can put them in my life in the future. Let me see what this will look like. Okay, we got to stop doing that shit. <laughs> right, right. Well, you have to realize too that a lot of people in their dysfunction when they. <laughs> 
even though they leave a relationship. I don't leave a living reason. About it. Okay. But, uh, <laughs> boy, look at Tamara. So, um, but they are actively auditioning other people to play that seminal, seminal, mm-hmm. similar role in their life. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So even though, hey, I left the situation, I know this is bad for me, I'm going somewhere else, but now I'm actively, actively recruiting like people to play that similar role. Does that yeah. make sense? So. It does. We're going to talk about this next week. We're coming up on two yeah. hours. We're going, to get ready. We're going to get ready to wrap it up. Thank you all yeah. so much for all of your comments, for Come joining back. in the conversation. Thank back you so much. Us. Please like the video. Please share it with someone who may need it. Over here, the whole goal is for us to shed every fucking mask we've ever been told to wear and be our authentic selves. Okay? Mm-hmm. Walk in love with and God. Do it in love. And, and do, do it in love. love. Do it in love. That's what it's all right. about. Please catch us on BWNC Radio. This show will air tomorrow at 10 a.m. Download the app. It is free. Catch all of the other lineups for I Am Well Media Group. Who's up tomorrow, Wayne? He'll pop it on the screen, but I know tomorrow is Tuesday. I think it's... Tomorrow, actually. Mm -hmm. There will be no Breaking Barriers show live, but they will air on BWNC Radio 10 a.m. Wednesday morning. All right, cool thing. So we'll catch them Wednesday morning. Uh, we will prepare to talk about Battle of the Sexes on next week. Jonathan, be ready. Wayne, be ready. I got to figure out another female to be on here with me because if we're going to have two males, we got to have two females. <laughs> so look, we're out. Thank you for joining us. We love you. Good night till next week. Bye. Takes out, Wayne. <laughs>